Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 134 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brennan Escott with you. Oilers Now, where Royal Pizza has been a sponsor of this show for all. Ten seasons that it has been on 630 Jet. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation at Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. It's old school, big boy pizza. Everything is real at Royal. None of that synthetic crap that you see on uh, some of the pizza places around town. Without further ado, we head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, and we welcome back to the show. It's, we've had a run on former Pittsburgh Penguins on today's show. Or While well, we had Mike Rupp on, we had George LaRock on Thursday's show. We welcome back from the Oilers Radio Network, our Inside the Game analyst, Rob Brown. Hi, Rob. How you doing? I'm doing good, Bob. How are you today? Good. Shocked that the Canadians are in the final or not surprised that they've made their way to the Stanley Cup uh, final? I don't think I'm shocked. Uh, but I'm certainly a little surprised. I thought Vegas was a, a deeper team than the Canadians, but uh, Montreal's good. They're built for playoff hockey. It's funny we've done a we did a lot of games earlier in the year, and we talked about the fact that the, or the Canadians had a really poor overtime record. And to me, I've always I said it was deceiving at the time because that overtime record they had showed that they were in every game because they played they they played so many overtimes this year. They were in games where they were going to have an advantage is when games started going into playoff overtimes, when you're playing five-on-five. Five. They're not a three-on-three three team, but they are a team that keeps games close. And eventually, because they're deep with four lines that they can continue to roll over, can win hockey games in first, second, third, or fourth overtime. So it is, it's a good hockey club. But uh, the bottom line, if you've got great goaltending, you can win. And the Montreal Canadiens have had great goaltending the entire playoff series as have the Tampa Bay Lightning, and the two best goaltenders have right now their two teams in the Stanley Cup Final. Well, it's interesting, Rob, because you take a look. Uh, we watch a team on a nightly basis that has terrific special teams, number one in the power play the last two years, uh, second in PK a year ago, ninth this past season, and they've, they've got guys that can win games for you three-on-three. Three. But they're not with the same depth, and with all due respect to Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen, those guys... And Smith was pretty good this year, but they're not Carey Price and Andre Vasilevsky. So it shows you the difference maybe between how the Canadians were built a bit and how Edmonton's built. You mentioned both teams having good goaltenders, both Tampa Bay and Montreal. Who do you got in the series and why? 
<laughs> I, I honestly, I I say Tampa in six or seven, um, simply because they've been there before, and they're both teams got great depth. I just think the Tampa Bay Lightning's depth have a little more offensive flair. I, I think that they've got guys that can score up and down their lineup. Their star players up front are better than the Canadian star players. And then when you get to the third and fourth line players for Tampa, they've got a little more scoring depth than, than Montreal. Having said that, uh, I do believe in, in, in fate and destiny and, and odds and just everything that the Canadians have done this year. I, I, I can't count them out. Uh, Carey Price gives them a chance every game. And there's a belief right now in that dressing room that is unshakable. So I, I'm looking for this to be a long series. I'm looking for every game to be a one-goal hockey game. And it's just a matter of who gets the bounces. But if I have to pick a team, I can pick in Tampa in six or seven. Rob, we had this conversation with Mike Rupp about whether or not the league does enough to protect their star players. And is there too much deference given to bottom six forwards and depth defensemen? Some people have suggested, well, you know what? The league is run by guys that were like that themselves as players. What did you expect? Uh, how You know, you were a star player. Maybe not a superstar, but you scored 49 goals and had 114 points one year. And you played with a couple superstars. In your opinion, does the NHL do enough to protect their stars? Well, they, they certainly protect them more now than they did when I played. I mean, all, in all honesty, all you have to do is watch some of those old games and the abuse that those players take. So it's better now. I think that what you see, I don't think there's – I mean, Connor McDavid doesn't get abused physically with the, with the two hands or the cross-checks or things like that. Where he gets uh, beat up is with the little things, the slashings, the holdings, the hookings. Uh, this is the way that – uh, playoff hockey is. This is the way that the league wants it. If if the league wanted it different, it would have been changed. The GMs like it. The players like it. Uh, and you've got to fight through it. Uh, McDavid and Drysdale, I think they've learned. I mean, they've been good in the playoffs. Uh, the, the Oilers, the reason they're losing the playoffs right now haven't been because of their star players. They just don't have the depth to, to pull them through. But uh, I, I think the from, see, from my generation to now, the players are way better protected than they ever have been so yeah i think they do a, a good job uh but the real rule book for playoffs obviously is is different than the rule book for the regular season and i don't see that ever changing no better illustration rob than in the last eight playoff games that Connor mcdavid has played uh he has not drawn a penalty <laughs> which is funny because the only way certain players can play against Connor McDavid is by drawing penalties. And I know. I've, I've been there. I played when I was in uh, Pittsburgh at the end of my career. I was a third-line player, and I used to line up. I remember against Anaheim, lined up against Team Lusilani. And off of every face-off, I grabbed his stick or his jersey because if he got two steps, it was done. So when you are a player that is, you know, a third- or fourth-line player and you're playing against star players, you have to cheat. That's the only way you can compete. And uh, in the playoffs, you're allowed to cheat. And you see it every single game. And I, don't, I just don't think that's ever going to change. I really don't. I think the, the way the game is played in the playoffs is the way, the way that the fans want to watch it, the way that the players want it played. They don't want referees making a, a call that will dictate or change the outcome of a hockey game. So you're allowed to get away with more. And I, I don't think it's ever going to change. 
Rob, uh, you had two stints with the Penguins. Were you there when Mario Lemieux uttered his garage league comment about how the games were managed or officiated? Were you there at that time, or was that during a period that you were gone? I think that was while I was gone. But I, when when I played, the, he, he was absolutely abused. I, I got all I got some buddies that are all huge, huge Oilers fans and huge McDavid fans, and they talk about the abuse that Connor takes and i'm like hey you don't know what abuse is i watched the abuse that mario took when he played and he got, he'd have guys you know he'd have three guys hanging off of him as he's trying to skate up ice and the thing that was different and this was like connor mario was able to continue moving forward with guys draped all over him because he was big and strong so he didn't get the calls connor mcdavid because of his speed continues moving forward and he doesn't go down he's so strong he's probably the strongest player in his skates in the league by far so he doesn't go down. So the hooks and holds that most players would fall down with, Connor doesn't. So he doesn't get the calls that way. So, uh, yeah, I was I, I watched firsthand the way that uh, the league did not take care of Mario, and it's you're seeing that again now. You're allowing the, the league does allow third or fourth line players cheat against the star players because that's the only way they can compete, and they'll call more of it in the regular season. They just won't call any of it in the playoffs. Rob, today I put out a projected protected list. Now, I did not consult the Oilers. This is my list. I didn't sit there and run this by anybody. But obviously, I had McDavid, Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins, assuming he's signed, Pulley Yamamoto, Archibald, and Cassian. And I'm surprised at the amount of blowback that has been there on Cassian. Uh, many people think the Oilers should be protecting Tyler Benson over Zach Cassian. My theory is the Oilers are going to, the playoffs show you need players with, with, with size, and Cassian's a big man that can skate. I wish he killed penalties again, but that's another conversation. What would you do if you were a GM? Would you protect Cassian or, or Benson? Well, I'd protect Cassian. And I, and I, Cassian has not been the player that everyone had hoped he'd be after we saw him in the playoffs a couple of years. And Cassian hasn't, uh, I believe, for the most part, lived up to his contract. But Benson has yet to prove he can play in the NHL and might never. Uh, so you got a guy in Cassian that you know is capable of doing certain things at the National Hockey League level. And Cassian is the, when Cassian is on, he's the exact player that the Oilers need. They just need him to do it more consistently. Consistently, uh, I, I just don't know if Benson's ever going to be a National Hockey League player. I mean, what's he now, 22? Yeah. Somewhere along that line? Well, I mean, you know, it's funny because you weren't the most fleet-footed guy, but you could think your right way around the ice, and you could make plays. And I just Benson's able to Benson's able to score at the AHL level. Some might say they should just sign a couple six million dollar left wings, be it Nugent Hopkins or what. Let's just say it's Nugent Hopkins and Hyman, and then have Benson and Holloway compete for the third line spot, and then turn around and have uh, Devin Shore in the fourth line spot. I my my thing is at this stage I'm with you. I I'm not sure what Benson is. like the he, he doesn't have much left to prove at the AHL. But do you have that where guys can put up points at the AHL and they can't make the jump? And what's usually the thing that holds them back, Rob? This is skating. Is it? Yeah, it absolutely. Well, I played with a guy named uh, Steve Malte in the minor. Like, he scored 50 goals. I don't know how many times. Four, five, six times in the minors. Uh, he was a great minor league player, one of the best ever, and I think he's probably got 40 games to his NHL uh, resume. He just and uh, again, it was just his speed. Whether and sometimes it's brain speed, sometimes it's foot speed. Right. Uh, at the American Hockey League level, you have a little more time to make a play, to to decide where you want the puck to go, to get to an area than you do in the National Hockey League level. So if you need that split second longer 
to be able to, to make the offensive play, but you're not getting at the NHL level. And we've seen players, I can't remember, there's a kid, that, a French kid that came through Edmonton a few years back who was a great minor league player and, again, came up to the National Hockey League level and he couldn't, uh, it was just a step behind. Alex Giroux. Giroux. That's, that's the guy. So, and, and was a great minor leaguer. So uh, there's guys that are just average in the minors, but once they get to the NHL, they, they got that speed and they fit a, a mold or they fit a position. I think that's the biggest thing right now for Benson is where does he fit with the Edmonton Oilers? Now, again, I don't see him enough to know to make a, a really great call on it. But uh, I, I just look at the fact that he has not been here yet. He, uh, it, it's, the, Oilers, the, the Oilers brass has a pretty good idea of where the future is of most of the players in the organization. And to me, by keeping off, as you said, Casket on the protected list, and that, that's what I would do too. I don't know if Benson has proven enough in his small stints that he is a legitimate top six forward. And that's where you probably would project a player who's a little smaller uh, doesn't have great speed. He's got to be able to do something special offensively. I don't know if he's capable at this level yet. You mentioned Alex Rue. He played 48 games in the NHL and scored six goals and had 12 points. In 08-09, he scored 60 goals in 69 games with Hershey in the regular season and then scored 15 in 22 games in the playoffs. Uh, the next year, he scored 50 goals in 69 games with Hershey and 14 goals in 21 games with Hershey. I think they won the uh, AHL championship that year because I think was that the year Morley Scott was doing the Manitoba uh, Moose. Anyhow, bottom line here, where he was doing the AHL playoffs, the Oilers ended up signing him after that season, after 60 and 50 goal seasons in the AHL, Rob. And he played eight games for Edmonton in 10-11, right? He had 32 goals, 78 points, and 70 games for Oklahoma. They signed him on a one-way deal, which at that time was like 550000 Um And he just wasn't that guy, right? Like, he just could not do it at the next level. This is a player who had seasons, you know, he had seven 30-goal seasons in the American Hockey League in his career. But he could never translate that to the NHL level. Reinforces it. And, and again, Steve Maltese, a guy you played with as well. All right, Rob, what would uh, I'm going to give you three options? Okay, all in at six million, all at, on a six-year term. Ryan Nugent, Hopkins, Taylor Hall, or Zach Hyman? <laughs> oh, can can we have them all? Because <laughs> I, I like all three of those guys. Yeah, uh, uh, I, I, I yeah, I, I mean they all bring a different element to your team. Uh, your team's going to be pretty good if you have all three on it. Uh, would you? Sorry, would would you hesitate bringing a guy back like Hall? No, absolutely not. I, hey, I went back to Pittsburgh. I have a guy that has gone back. Now I'm not Taylor Hall, but uh, some players, you go away and you come back a little more mature, a little more appreciative, uh, a little more humbled, and certainly a lot more hungry. So yeah, no. I mean, the Oilers are in dire need of somebody that can score on the wing. Uh, they're desperate for it. Um, Taylor Hall can do that. And Taylor Hall, uh, at, at the right price point, uh, he wants to prove he can. And, uh, yeah, I'd bring Taylor Hall back in, in an instant. Uh, I love R&H. I really do. Uh, I think there's so many things he does for the team on the ice. Five on five, penalty kill, power play. Their power play is because of Connor and Leon, but Nugent Hopkins is a big part of that. And someone to fill that spot. I'm not sure that uh, everyone is capable of coming in and being what he is. And I like Hyman. I just I love Hyman as a hockey player. 
Uh, I don't know if he's got the offensive uh, prowess of Taylor Hall, but he certainly is as good as two-way player as Nugent Hopkins. So I think all three of them are quality hockey players. Taylor Hall probably has the highest ceiling, no. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot here uh, about Dylan Gunther. Can he or will he score? Will he have a 30-goal season in the NHL? Yes, absolutely he will. And he will because he thinks the game right, and he shoots it like very few, uh, even in the National Hockey League level. His shot is that good. Uh, He will. He'll score 30 goals in the National Hockey League. He will be a very good National Hockey League player. I'm telling you right now, if I was GM, I'd have him at number two in the draft. I'm serious. Uh, Owen Power, I get it. You know, he looked terrific for Canada in the World Hockey Championship. Six foot four, left shot defenseman. Looks like he could play, you know, 22 to 24 minutes a game at the height of his career. But to me, Dylan, and I know there's some people scared about maybe that he only had a point per game on the U18 team. He killed penalties. He's smart. Rob, just his ability to change his release point on shots. That's what I've noticed this year with the uh, Oil Kings. The guy can, and and the guys that can score can one-time pucks. You agree with that, yes. right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You want to be a 50-goal scorer in the National Hockey League, you better be able to one-time the puck. He can do that. He, 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 I had him as a bantam, and I was uh, in awe of how quick he got the puck off his stick in bantam. He shot like an NHL player when he was a bantam hockey player, and he's just gotten better and better, and he's smart. Uh, that's another thing. It's one thing to have a great shot, but you got to be able to put yourself in the position to use that shot. So you got to be smart, and he is that as well. So uh, he, he is going to be a good NHL hockey player, and whichever team drafts him have found themselves a goal scorer that's going to be on their first or second line. Rob, awesome stuff. Oh. Th- thanks for your time. Whoa. All right. See you, Rob. Thanks a lot. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Thanks. Thanks, Bob. Take care. Take care. Uh, Rob, obviously, helping out the family today. That's Rob Brown from the Oilers Radio Network. It is 151 in Edmonton. We will head off to this day in Oilers history for New West travel. This September, travel a private WestJet charter flight to Whistler, B.C., and play four spectacular mountain courses. Details at newwesttravel.com. It's a big one for Oilers fans. Here's Brendan Escott. It is. In 1994, the Oilers use a pick they acquired from Winnipeg to draft Jason Bonsignor, fourth overall, and then took Ryan Smith, sixth overall. Uh, Bonsignor, uh, he played 21 total games with the Oilers before his career fizzled out in the minor leagues. Smith, he played 15 seasons with the Oilers over two stints. He's second in games played for the franchise with 971, sixth in points with 631. Yeah, Jason Bonsignor was a guy that had uh, skill. There's no question uh, there there was something missing in his game. Some people thought maybe he didn't uh, 
have enough heart or character or stick to or whatever you want to call it, but he certainly had some ability. As for Smith, he made the most of what he had to have a great NHL career. This day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. Experience a great golf holiday to Whistler, B.C. and a private jet to fly for spectacular mountain courses. Details at newwesttravel.com. Here's what we have coming up for you on 6.30 Chad today. Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Final Live from Amelie Arena. 5.30, Reed Wilkins will have the face-off show and then at uh, 6 p.m., the puck drop of the game between the Canadians and Lightning. Is he doing post-game as well, uh, Brandon? Is that going on as well? I just uh, Yeah, you bet, for a half hour. Yeah, he's going to take some calls afterwards as well. Tomorrow, Sportsnet spec, Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing Alberta. A reminder, live thoroughbred racing back at Century Mile Friday and Sunday evenings. Right now, it's limited fan access, but you can watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Post time is at 6.15. So spec from 1230 to 130. WHL commissioner Ron Robinson uh, has uh, had his contract extended. Today, the Edmonton Oil Kings announced their home dates for the first half of the year. And uh, we'll talk about the health of the league. The fact that the WHL Bantam draft is in uh, December this year. And that the Edmonton Oil Kings have a couple picks as well. They're going to be a perennial uh, or a preseason favorite. <laughs> perennial favorite the last couple of years if they just could have played out the season. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3. And then the 6.30 Chet Afternoons with Jay Lanai today from 3 until 5.30. Again, Reed Wilkins with the face-off show before Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Final. Tampa Bay and Montreal. Thank you to everybody for participating in the interactive elements of today's show. We'll be back at you tomorrow. Off to Eileen with a global news, weather, and traffic update. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.